0: This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. On this episode of Orson Welles on the Air, we'll continue our visit with the lives of Harry Lime. Hear their story from February 1st, 1952, titled The Dark Enchantress. Series first aired from August of 1951 to July of 1952. It was heard over a variety of networks. Here it is, Orson Welles and the Lives of Harry Lyme.
1: Presenting Orson Welles as The Third Man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character originally created in the motion picture The Third Man. With Zither music by Anton Carra.
0: I once thought I knew all about women. Hmm. Of course, I was pretty young at the time. How was I to know that mercy would squeal on me? Till I soon grew up, and since then I've made a few simple rules. Blondes cannot be trusted. Redheads aren't reliable. And if you want to avoid trouble, never get mixed up with a brunette. Yes, if you follow these rules, life is much more simple. There's only one trouble. It isn't any fun. In my life, I'm glad to say I've had a a lot of fun. Take that time in Algiers. Some people say you live and learn, but I, for one, prefer to learn and live.
1: And now, Orson Welles as Harry Lyme, the third man in The Dark Enchantress.
0: Ah, Algiers. Algiers. You've all heard of it. Algiers, the port of mystery and intrigue. Invaded by the Phoenicians, the Carthaginians, Romans, Vandals, the Byzantines, the Arabs, the Turks, the French, and Harry Lyme. Algiers. I wish mean, you have all heard about it. A city that is all things to all men. Algiers the Indianapolis of North Africa. Then there's the Casper, made so popular some seasons ago by Mr. Charles Boyer. But jokes apart, there is a place there where tourists definitely aren't invited and where I'm welcomed, or at least permitted to enter. And it's called the Barbary Queen.
2: Harry Welcome back to the Casper. I've been saving your favorite table here for... How long is it? How long? Oh, too
0: long, Tutu. I see the Barbary Queen hasn't changed. Same sights, same smells. Haven't your customers
2: gone home since my last... Mm, Please, mon ami. It's not so much like the old days anymore. The Barbary Queen is becoming almost dull. Nothing ever happens.
1: Almost dull, eh? Tutu, nothing ever happens?
0: How many throats are slit on a night when things do
1: happen? No,
2: you can these He's to me. trouble. Hello, stop it. No, no. Stop it. I'll kill you. Hold him out, Hold him out. <laughs> All right. The fight is finished. The trouble is over.
3: You have not been served yet, monsieur?
0: Mm, too true is wrong. It appears the trouble is just beginning.
3: That depends on what you call trouble. May I join you? Allow me. Thank you. You haven't been to the Barbary Queen before?
0: Uh, not recently, not since you joined the
2: staff. Ah, Magda, I'm glad you discovered, my friend. This is Harry Lyme. You treat him good. He's a fine man.
3: I shall do my best, Tutu. Now,
2: I send over two drinks on my house.
1: (laughs) Tutu's a busy little bee.
3: You're friends with Tutu, and you're an American. Few Americans ever come here, and none of them are friends with Tutu.
0: Oh, we aren't exactly bosom chums, Tutu and I, but we've been partners in a couple of deals. No?
3: Oh, so that's it. I knew you must be valuable to him.
0: And you, Magda? Just how valuable are you? To you? Uh, we'll take that up in a minute. What's your connection with Tutu?
3: I think I entertain the customer.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what it says on your passport. With your looks, you've got to have a couple of rackets. Maybe I can help.
3: <laughs> and you, Harry Lyon, you're one of those men who profess to know women too well.
0: Not me, Honey. I profess to know nothing whatsoever about your sex. I just enjoy it.
3: You know, Harry Lyme, I'm a little sad for the years I didn't know you.
0: <laughs> well, don't burst into tears, honey. Remember, to know me better is to like me less.
3: Is that a warning? As you like. I like it very much.
0: Here you are, Harry Lyme, the refreshment. <laughs> just about time to do. Your, your Magda had me backed into a corner. Oh, well,
2: she not the one. And Magda, after you finish the drink... Another song, please, no? Of course, Tutu. But for now, just enjoy your Now, what will we
3: say?
0: I believe uh, I was warning you about me.
3: Oh, yes, and I was...
4: Oh, Magda, oh, I'm so glad I found you. I was scared to death. I thought perhaps you'd gone home or something.
0: Susan. Ah, oh, say, the Barbary Queen is turning into a regular grab bag of surprises since when do high school girls cavort about in such a den of iniquity?
4: You're yes. an American.
3: Did you
0: think you were the only one?
4: You don't have to be nasty about it.
3: Susan, I thought I told you never to come to the Queen. Oh, but you know, I, I wanted to hear you sing. You have no business in the Cosby at all. It's dangerous for tourists.
0: Particularly for a young girl like you.
4: Oh, it was all right, Magda. Nobody paid any attention to me. And I arrived here just in time to see the last of the fight. Wasn't it thrilling?
3: You must leave, Susan. I can't give you any time tonight. You see, I'm working. Go back to your hotel. I'll see you tomorrow.
4: That's the way you want it.
3: That's the way I want it. You're not angry? No, no, of course not. Go now, Susan. Like a good girl.
4: All right, then. I hope I didn't cause you any trouble,
3: Maggie. Oh, these Americans. try to be nice to them. Show them around. I'm an American. You? (laughs) You're not an American or a European or anything. You're Harry Lyme. I drink to our long friendship.
0: Thanks, honey. Now you better go sing your little song. I've got something to attend to.
3: Susan. That's what you're going to attend Honey,
0: for. you're a mind reader.
3: That's schoolgirl. There's
0: nothing wrong with getting an education. Schoolgirls are okay with me, particularly when they're cute little redheads, but I I don't think they've got much business in the casper, not in this part of it, not this late at night. It just occurred to me that your friend Susan may have more trouble getting out of the casper than she had coming in.
3: Very well, Harry. If you wish to be gallant, when you tire of her, then you know where to find me. I'm always here, or in my room above the cafe.
0: Okay, honey, now if you'll excuse me, you'll see... You're very
3: insulting, Harry Lyman. Now I'll tell you something. I don't care whether you come to see me or not. I don't care whether I ever see you again.
0: Magda, honey, don't say I didn't warn you. Remember, to know me is to loathe me. The Magda Polaris's of this world are an old story to me, but this particular one had an interesting uh, agenda, one I couldn't quite fathom as yet, so I gave her time to solve it for me. Meanwhile there was this young Susan. I found her at the doorway of the Barbary Queen, peering somewhat uncertainly down the narrow cobbled streets of the castle. No use waiting for a streetcar. What?
4: Oh, you're the man who was with Magda.
0: Yes, I was just leaving. Suppose we scram out of here together.
4: Thank you, but I can take care of myself.
0: <laughs> I can take care of myself. Familiar title. So many sad little stories of girls like you.
4: You're going to start lecturing. My dear,
0: Susan, a lecture is the farthest thing from my mind. If you want to get kidnapped, it's your business, not mine.
4: I think it's silly. The Casbah's no, no more dangerous than Marcus. Marcus, dude. I
0: thought you hailed from San Francisco. What? And Knob Hill no old family, isn't that right? How do you... It <laughs> shows, Susan, it shows. Even the dusky shadows of the Cosmo. Don't your parents worry about you?
4: Never mind my parents.
0: I never minded my own.
4: Of all the fresh... The fresh... The fresh... Oh... All
0: right. I'll go with you. Okay, the routine wasn't sparkling, I know, but it worked. worked. I'd smelled money from the first moment I set eyes on Susan. well-known lime luck was in. Just how it would pay off, I had no idea, so I took Susan to the edge of the Cosmo, found a cab for her, and was just sending her off home to Mother when I noticed a bulky individual observing us a little too closely. He caught my eye and then left the neighborhood fast, I pondered this over a cup of so-called coffee at a friendly tavern and then went on to my own hotel. Come right on in, Harry Lyme. Well, well, this is a night of surprises. Who are you? You can call me Mike Nolan.
2: Oh, you're a detective. Right
0: on the button, Mr. Lyme.
2: What do you want for a prize? A Cupid doll, maybe, or a genuine plaster-up Paris
0: ingenestration? Um, uh, how would you like me to call the manager? Or haven't you heard about invasion of privacy? Seems there's some sort of law. You were suspect the minute you landed in that Lime. Next thing I know, you're chaperoning Susan Claremont. Oh, That's pretty fast work, even for you. You seem to be speaking English, Nolan, but I don't get it. Passing over the fact that I'm suspect, as you call it. Just who is Susan Claremont? Oh, oh Susan. See the light, Mr. Lime? That girl I put in the cab The tonight. same. Hmm. It may interest you to know that her father asks us to keep an eye on his daughter. He's worried Seems she's taken up with the wrong friends in Algiers. Mm-hmm. After tonight, I can see why. Sounds like he has money. Mr. Moneybags himself. As if you didn't know. No, I didn't, but thanks just the same. And you may tell the authorities that I was merely escorting Miss Claremont to safety. You? <laughs> you may also advise her father that his daughter went into the casper quite alone if he's so concerned about her welfare, he might devote more time to her whereabouts. But... Good night, Mr. Nolan. only engaged a single here at the hotel. If you insist on staying, I'll... Have to notify the management, of course, you will pay the additional fee for your stay. What? Ah, well, he warned me you were a slippery line. But if you try any funny business, just remember
2: we're wise, dear.
0: Good, good. I expect the same protective interest from the authorities that they extend to other American tourists.
2: Okay, wise guy, but watch it.
0: Good night, Mike Nolan. In my business, twists of fate are a specialty. I usually know how to keep the police wondering where I am during working hours, but just let me take a vacation, and all the authorities in town are suddenly very busy. In this case, the cops worrying about Susan only whetted my interest. I hadn't a notion of the spot she got herself in the next afternoon. 3.52,
4: 3.50... Oh, this must be it.
3: We? Oui? Oh, but what a charming visitor! Oh, oh, I must have the wrong
4: address. I thought this is where Miss Polaris.
3: But of course, you are Suzanne. Magda told me to expect you.
4: Oh, then I am in the right place. May
3: we? Oui. Please come in, Mademoiselle. Uh, Magda will be somewhat delayed, but uh, she told me to amuse you. After all, she planned this rendezvous for us. <laughs>
0: This, is, this can become a habit. Please, please.
4: Parents mustn't.
0: Help. No, 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 no. Thank you. No. You you spell trouble for me, Susan. Just, just go your own sweet way and I'll go my. Uh, hey, wait a minute. What's wrong? Oh, she's been drugged. No, oh, no, she's done it. All I need is for Mike Nolan to walk by and see Susan draped in my arms like this. Oh, if I must, I must. Taxi. Taxi? Yes, monsieur. Uh, you heard me. I want a taxi.
2: No taxis, monsieur. Please buy a rug.
0: I don't want a rug. Get me a horse and carriage. Streets
2: to narrow, monsieur? Like to see some pretty girls dancing, girls?
0: I got my own pretty girl. We're not going dancing. She's unconscious, and I want to get her get her home quick. Get me a donkey or something. Get me a camel. Get me a helicopter. Get me out of here.
1: Orson Welles returns in just a moment as the third man. Thank <laughs> you. Orson as the third man continues with The Dark Enchantress.
0: I didn't dare take Susan to my place. It was just possible she was a police plant. So I took her to the last place I ever thought Harry Lyme would enter, the convent of the Little Sisters of Charity, just off the Casbah.
3: The poor child. This is a terrible thing, Mr. Lyme. Where am I? You are quite safe, my child. You fainted,
0: Susan. I I brought you to this convent. Charles. Charles?
3: There is no one here by that name. Oh, what a fool I've been.
0: Uh, Would you like to tell us just what happened, Susan?
3: Oh, no, just leave me alone. Perhaps you should take this matter to the police, Mr. Lyon.
0: I think her parents are the ones to judge that, sister.
4: Oh, no, they mustn't, know. I'll get the money from Dad somehow.
0: Money?
3: Come, come, my child. Tell us what happened. Nothing is so bad that a little understanding won't ease. Well, I
4: went to Magda's apartment to meet her. I thought, but he was there instead. He? He said his name was Charles Pontcare. He he was very good looking, about my height and dark. He said Magda had arranged the meeting, and he served cocktails. And it was after that that things grew easy, and I I don't remember.
0: Mm, Mickey's.
4: What, Mr. Lyme?
0: Uh, Susan was evidently drugged, sister, the the cocktails were
4: drugged. Oh. Oh, yes. (laughs) When I came to Charles, was very different. He said if I didn't get him 5,000 pounds, he'd tell my parents I'd been along with him. And and he knew all about me and where we were staying, everything. There, there, there,
0: Charles. How did you manage to get from Magda's rooms over the Barbary Queen to where I ran into you, Susan? Your condition certainly didn't warrant (laughs) it.
4: Magda doesn't live above the cafe, Mr. Lyme. She said she was staying at 356 Rue Madelon. Rue Madelon? I fought with Charles and I ran out in the
3: street and I didn't know what I was doing. Mr. Lyne, this is Rue Madelon. That 356 address is almost across the street. The building on the corner. Oh, so Magda keeps
0: two establishments.
4: She must have mm. given me the wrong address. What'll I do?
3: Go home to
0: Mother and tell all. That's what you do. It's the only way, Susan, unless you prefer the police. Oh, No. You happened into an unscrupulous blackmailer and the best way out of the trouble is to inform your parents what has happened and then leave the rest to me.
4: Oh, you'd do that for me?
0: I, uh, well, I find I do have an Achilles heel, oh. my dear.
4: Oh, how can I ever thank you?
0: Oh, no, no, don't, don't start weeping again or we'll flood out the little sisters of charity. Uh... Come on, Susan. Let's get to your parents before I change my plan. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Claremont were exactly what I'd expected. Wealthy, well-meaning, and incredibly stupid about the realities of life. All this fitted into my plan perfectly, and his mother, Claremont, bustled her child into the boudoir. Father Claremont and I discussed business.
2: This is a terrible thing, Mr. Lyme. Why such a scandal could wreck my daughter's reputation? I can't understand how she could allow herself to get into such a predicament.
0: What well, happens all the time and how such things happen to beautiful young girls is beside the point now, Mr. Claremont. The important thing is how to deal with this Charles Poinquet. I'd
2: like to beat him to a pulp. That'd make
0: a pretty headline for the Chronicle. financier manhandles daughter's blackmailer.
2: Right? Please, this must never get to the press.
0: That's why I suggest you keep the police out of
2: it. What shall I do Ms. then? Mr. do you trust me. You, of course, Mr. Lime, why you save my little girl.
0: <clears throat> then give me the 5000 in cash. What? Allow me to pay off your blackmailer and see that he doesn't come back for more, Mr. Claremont. Oh. You see, uh, I understand these things. <laughs> pieces of the puzzle were dropping nicely into place. I could see a way of keeping Mr. Claremont's cash and also getting a little more from Mr. Charles Poncaire for my silence. See, if you understand these things, there is a certain amount of honor among thieves. So went back to my hotel. and hadn't been any calls, had a quick bath, shave. Just getting ready to start for the mysterious address on Rue Madelon when... Yes? Yes?
3: Monsieur Harry Lyon. Who wants him? Charles Poncaire. Well
0: you come in, Monsieur Pancur. Thank you. Need I say, I hardly expected you.
3: Raymond, but uh, since I realized it was merely a matter of time until you visited my quarters, monsieur, I thought I would save you the trouble.
0: That's very nice, old man, I'm sure, but I...
3: I followed the girl into the street when she fled. I saw her approach you. As simple as that. Oui,
0: and from said meeting, you knew my identity, that Susan would tell me all,
3: hmm? And that you would offer to aid the distressed family, that you have, in fact, my $5,000.
0: I see your powers of observation amaze me, Mr. Poincare. Susan
3: called Magda and confided in her.
0: And you and uh, Magda... Are
3: birds of a feather, Monsieur Mine, mm-hmm. even as you are. Oh, oh. Learning this much from Susan, Magda took the trouble to learn more about you. Oh, I see,
0: I underestimated the lady. You're
3: not the first one. And now my money.
0: Uh, first, tell me one thing. Wait. Oui. Even though I am a bird of your feather, Poitier, what's to stop me from going to the police with the whole story?
3: You did not think I would allow you to continue living, monsieur
0: Lyon? Well, there's no harm in asking. So, this is the picture. I hand over the loot and you dispose of me. Is that it?
3: But of course. Again, with a the silence, is a beautiful way to end such a life. Your body will be found, but the world will be most happy to be rid of Harry Lyme. It will not worry about who did it.
0: You sound as though you were enjoying this. I am. I suppose I have no choice in the matter.
3: None whatsoever.
0: Even though I planned how to get much more revenue from Mr. Claremont. Fifty thousand as a starter. Fifty
3: thousand?
0: And this time no one will tell Magda. We split the take. You and I.
3: Come no closer, monsieur.
0: I was just going to deliver this down payment. <laughs> ah! Missed me. And I track a buck and snare a doe.
1: Let me go. Let oh, me... no.
0: Oh, no, Magda. This is too good a joke, and it'll cost you your 5000
1: Come on. Up your
0: hands. Both of you. Well, well. Mike Nolan again. You're a busy guy.
2: This is my doing, Mr. Lyme. I try to explain Well, that. gentlemen,
0: this looks like the end of the story. The clock has struck 12, the coach has turned into a pumpkin, and the prince has changed into Cinderella. Hey, what are you talking about, Lyme? If you'll take this lady off my hands, Nolan, I'll attempt to explain.
2: Him? Is that the man of my daughter? Hold
0: it. Hold it, Claremont, Nolan. Allow me to introduce Magda Polaris.
2: You fool, you fool. This is unbelievable. Magda and Charles Poinque
0: are one and the same, Mr. Claremont. She assumed masculine disguise to blackmail her own sex and used her own devastating personality and appearance to hypnotize the masculine. Quite a girl, I should say. Don't
3: believe him. He was trying to talk me into getting more money from you, Claremont.
0: That I believe. Like I said when Claremont told me you were helping him, Lime, he was jumping from a frying pan into the fire. Looks like we got here just in time. As always, Detective Nolan, you have performed magnificently. What are you trying to give me, Lyme? Nothing but praise, you flat But to Mr. Claremont, I give $5,000, the blackmail fee for which I did not have to pay. Oh,
2: I, I can't find words to thank you, Mr. Lime. Now, just wait a minute, Mr. Claremont. This guy's trying to weasel out of a fast deal. I believe what this Magda Dame says. He was in on the deal with her, and he's hungry for more. Mr. Nolan, I asked the authorities to watch my daughter's activities, yet she fell into the worst kind of trouble. Mr. Lyme was the one who saved but her. But don't you see his angle? He was trying I to... I came here with you to prove to you his innocence, but that wasn't necessary. Mr. Lyme has pleaded his own case and won. What? No,
3: no, he's guilty, I tell you. He's guilty as I am. Take
2: this woman away, officer. I'll be down later to prefer charges. Oh, whatever you say, Mr. Claremont. Come on, you, you... I'll get
3: even with you, Harry Lyme, if it takes a hundred years.
2: I don't know how to thank you, Mr. Lyme. Now I'm doubly in your debt. Won't you accept a more substantial expression of my gratitude? This $5,000, for
0: instance... $5,000? With pleasure, Mr. Claremont. With pleasure? Another playoff. It's the game now, Lime. What are you taking that money for? Charity, old man, charity. Charity? That's a new one. Yes, as a matter of fact, it is entirely new. I'm surprising myself, old man, but then and I'm a surprising kind of guy. I swore a solemn oath years ago never to do anything fundamentally decent if I could possibly avoid it, and look what I'm up to now. <laughs> taking money again, that's what uh, you're up to, exploiting these people. Nolan, there's a reward up for Magda, isn't there? A reward? Well, don't try to chisel in. The reward goes to me. Now, just Understand? a minute. I now, don't listen. want to be greedy, old man, but I've got my expenses to cover. But you got $5,000. Oh, but that isn't for me, Nolan, old man. No, believe it or not, this uh, 5000 is going to the convent of the Little Sisters of Charity. It's quite a Right, watch. right. That ought to help more for sanctuary to someone else's wandering daughters. Well, now I've heard everything. Tell you what, old man, I'll cut you in on the reward. Well, now you look, you're off your rocker. Now I know it. Line giving door to a convent. And splitting the reward with you, Nolan. The reward, a small percentage. If you promise never to tell. About the split? About the convent. After all, old man, I've got my reputation to think of.
1: Harry Lyme returns in just a moment. Harry Lyme.
0: So now, friends, you know all. Harry Lyme, who started his career by putting his hand in the poor box, slipped so far that he even gave some money to a convent. Believe me, I was so depressed after doing it, I got right out of town, took a tramp steamer that night. Funny thing, the name of the ship was the SS Polaris. Hmm, yeah. She had been a beautiful craft. hmm. Well, well. Heaven help the poor working girl. And so does Harry Lyne. This episode of Orson Wells on the air. I'll be back soon with another one. In the meantime, you can find past episodes of this show, all the other podcasts, and everything else Relic Radio at relicradio.com. There's also a donate button there if you enjoy this and all the shows would like to help out. Thanks, as always, to those who have, and thanks for joining me today. Back again soon with another episode of Orson Wells on the air. Orson Wells on the air is produced by and for relicradio.com. A broadcast of this show without permission is strictly prohibited.